Hello, hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Live Label Free podcast. So I've got to be honest with you, before we get into this, this is actually my very first podcast episode ever that I am not using a script to record, um, and I just have some notes. So as you can probably imagine, this I'm... I'm kind of nervous for this um, and I'm kind of anxious and it's bringing up a lot of fear of oh what if I mess up or oh what if I forget what I'm gonna say or oh what if I say something and then regret it later um so yeah there's a lot of fear coming up and that was one of the main reasons why I used to always script my podcast episodes is because I was like I just want to know for sure what I'm gonna say I want to know for sure um that I'm not gonna say things that don't make sense right because um as a very visual person I process my thinking through writing and through words because as I write um and as I read what I've written I'm like oh this makes sense now I can keep writing um but there's a lot of, well, lately I've been really wanting to, you know, practice getting out of my comfort zone and trying new things, um, and especially when it comes to this podcast, because I feel like with the scripts, like, even though everything is so deep from my heart, and I mean, I wrote it, um, so it's not like I'm reading someone else's thoughts, um, it still felt very, like, unspontaneous, and I, I really want to shed more light on, like, my personality and who I am and, um, be able to, like, say things and go, quote-unquote, off script without it, like, making me very anxious because I'm like, oh, uh, now I lost my train of thought kind of thing when I'm reading off my script, um, but anyways, um, I also want to, um, become a public speaker and just, yeah, just share more of me with the world, um, so I'm like, why not just start practicing now, um, because like I said, I, I think it will give me more of the opportunity to be more spontaneous and really shed light on my true personality and with kind of everything I've done with the podcast um and kind of like looking at like what people are are enjoying and what people like the most um I I've gotten really positive feedback on like all my update episodes and that that's kind of showed me that you guys are really interested in me as a personality, me as a personality, me as a person and my personality. So hopefully episodes more like this, um, kind of more spontaneous, kind of more me just talking like, like I'm talking to a friend. Um, hopefully you enjoy this. So if you do, um, please let me know. You can always send me a message on Instagram at livelabelfree or you can send me an email livelabelfree at gmail.com. Um, and if you are new here and if you enjoy this content, um, I would absolutely love it and really appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button and um, subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. So whether that's on Spotify or um, Apple Podcast or I know Google Podcast now or Amazon Music, I mean, um, all these platforms. And I'm also always on YouTube showing my podcast so you can subscribe there it's a free way to support me and if you want to support me even more um i want to invite you to become a live label free patron so you can join me on patreon and there's actually a lot of perks if you do join me on patreon um so first of all you'll get all of my books completely for free sent straight to you um because i mean i'm so so grateful for everyone who wants to show their support for live label free so of course i want to give back um so you'll get my cookbook nourishing no diversity um which is actually out now you'll get that completely for free if you join me on patreon you'll also get my memoir rainbow girl um 
my journey to living life in full color you'll get that completely for free too um and i'm writing i'm currently writing an extreme hunger book and i'm writing a book on um anorexia and autism and i'm writing a book um on uh what was it again the adaptively famine hypothesis and i'm also writing a book um on entrepreneurship for autistic people and for neurodivergent people so anyways there's a lot coming um that you can get completely for free if you join me on patreon and if you are higher level two patrons um i will also every month send a goodie box of filled with um either goodies from the netherlands or from the usa um whatever you want and whatever you choose i will pick one person each month um to send a goodie box to so you'll get a chance to win that Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast, where you'll learn to let go of limiting labels and embrace your unique brain. As my mom says so beautifully in her song, is a heavy load to carry. which is why on this podcast, you'll learn the scientific links between neurodiversity and eating disorders giving you a deeper understanding of how you can face your fears and become truly free. Together, you and me, we will keep putting one foot in front of the other. So after doing that little intro and disclaimer that you'll probably hear me stuttering more and having more difficulty coming out of my words um, because this isn't scripted and that's for a reason and that reason is to face my fear and gain more trust in myself and my capabilities um, and also sharing um, that you can become a patron and join me on patreon um it's time to get into today's episode and i am so 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 excited for this episode um because a while back um i think it was in i actually posted it my birthday in november um of 2022 i posted um an episode titled three eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic traits and even though it was like a pretty recent episode compared to like all of the podcasts I've ever done, um, that podcast is actually has the most downloads out of any other podcast I've ever done. So I was like, clearly people like that kind of info. Um, people, people like that kind of content. Um, and it, it was like perfect because in that episode, I actually had shared um, that I had originally come up with like over 13 different eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic traits um, but that there was just no way for me to share all of them in that episode because it would just have gotten way too long um i figured it it's time for another one of those um episodes and hence the name of this episode being called three more eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic traits um and come to think of it i think the date that i'm recording this on is actually very very um special and i think it's kind of cool how these types of episodes like the fact that i um showed that first um three eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic traits on my birthday um and and now I'm recording this actually on my three year live label free anniversary. So February first, twenty twenty three is my three year live label free anniversary. So I've been live label free for three years now, which is just crazy to think about how how fast the time has flown by. But 
when I just look back at, I mean, 10 years ago, um, when I was like in the middle of my eating disorder and then three years ago, and now, I mean, it is truly remarkable to see how much I've grown as a person, how much I've grown in confidence. Um, just, I always say I'm a lifelong learner. And I think that is one of the most beautiful things in life is that we are always learning. Um, and I'm getting like really emotional right now. Um, because deciding to become live label free was was honestly one of the most important things I could have ever done and honestly another reason why I'm getting kind of emotional here is and that also has to do with a three funny enough is that 2023 um this whole year basically is also my three-year autism discovery anniversary um because I discovered I'm autistic in 2020 so um I think today on February 1st the three-year live label free anniversary 2023 being the three-year um autism discovery anniversary I think it is a perfect day to share three more eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic traits so without further ado Let's get into those traits. So the very first quote-unquote eating disorder behavior that is actually an autistic trait is one that I've had for a very long time, but I never understood it. And because I never understood it and because I never heard anyone else ever talk about it, I thought I was the only one. But that was until one of my clients mentioned that she was drawing with this as well. So I started asking my other neurodivergent clients if they also struggled or resonated with this and guess what? All of them said yes. So that trait is food needing to be smoothed out. So you're probably thinking like what the heck are you even talking about? Smoothed out? <laughs> um, let me explain. So I, when I say like smooth food, I mean any food that like doesn't have texture to it. So like it doesn't have like clumps or um any kind of s smooth food that i'm referring to is like nut butter nutella yogurt sauces <laughs> like i said anything that's smooth um yeah and that's the best way i can explain it so the way that this trait manifests like needing the food to be smoothed out is that like whenever i take food from a container and i'm finished with it so if i'm putting peanut butter on my oatmeal or peanut butter on my toast i can't just take the peanut butter from the jar and then just like leave it like the the jar the peanut butter that's still left in the jar has to be smoothed out like in the inside it has to like visually look satisfying in a certain way if that even makes sense um but yeah it's really hard to explain like if this isn't a trait that you have but because I know that so many of my clients have this trait I'm like I'm sure that someone who's listening to this like completely exactly knows what I'm talking about so if this is something you resonate with you and you're like holy shit Livia like this is the first time I've felt seen in that trait please 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 send me a message or send me an email because there is nothing more I like than connecting with like-minded individuals and having conversations that are actually about things that resonate um but yeah that is one of my autistic traits that was often perceived as an eating disorder behavior because when I was in treatment I would be so so like anal about how I left the nut butter jar or how I left the yogurt because like I would I could spend like up to like five minutes trying to make sure it like looked visually appealing to me um and then I just remember the staff commenting like 
is your eating disorder taking over? Like, what is going on here? Like, why is this taking you so long? Like, just get the yogurt. Like, we get you anxious, Livia, but you can't have this much time, like, trying to make the food look a certain way to, like, soothe your anxiety. And I'm like, no, like, this has nothing to do with my eating disorder. It just had to look a certain way. And this, I think, resonates with another autistic trait that is this, like, phenomenon of things just having to make sense like I don't know why I do it and I honestly don't know what purpose it's serving but when I think about it I I think like what I said about before about being a very visual person like things just like have to visually make sense to me and things have to visually like be satisfying in my mind um and I think this is just one of those things and this is also another one of those things that there just needs to be so much more awareness for especially in eating disorder treatment centers like if you are unable to recognize that a patient of yours has underlying autism, like, that that's what's underneath it, and you're making these, like, harmful comments, like, oh, this is just your eating disorder, or, oh, this is a behavior that you have to get rid of, like, you're actually making it worse for this person. I mean, that was personally my experience, is that I always tried to get rid of this trait, but the more I did that, like, the more compulsive my urge to smooth the food out would be i mean it's funny how when you say that you no longer have to do something um you no longer like feel compelled to do it you no longer feel that pressure um yeah so like i said it's just super harmful to tell someone that their autistic traits um or something that's basically intrinsically a part of them is disordered because not only is it like gaslighting them but it's causing them to feel like they need to change themselves and achieve an ideal that literally does not exist for them um and like i said before like trying to get rid of this trait trying to get rid of any autistic trait um that my professional treatment team said was an eating disorder behavior um it just made my anxiety way worse um and it was just unnecessary so anyway moving on to trait number two and that is adding a lot of spices seasonings and textures to food so this is an autistic trait that i've seen among so many neurodivergent people that don't even have eating disorders yet this is often labeled as an eating disorder behavior so let me explain again what i mean by adding spices seasonings or textures um example of me adding like textures to food or being very sensory seeking because i think that's like at the root of this specific trait is that i'm very hypersensitive but also hyposensitive so i'm like hypersensitive um basically means that you have a very low tolerance for certain things um so me in like for example i'm very hypersensitive to light or high levels of noise i cannot tolerate very bright light to a very loud tones and i tend to startle really really easily like if i will hear something fall behind me i will like usually jump up because i'll be like holy shit what was that <laughs> um but then hyposensitivity on the other hand is the complete opposite so you have a much higher threshold for certain things so for me i think that i am hyposensitive to um certain flavors um and i'm not like crazy like some people and if you're listening to this i'm like not saying you're crazy because i just realized that if i'm gonna give this example and you're like but I'm, but that's me, um, I, I think it's just all personal, um, preferences, but, like, for example, you know those kind of people who, when they, like, eat sushi, they can eat, like, an entire freaking tablespoon of wasabi and just be, like, unaffected, um, well, in Holland, we have this spice called sambal, which is basically, like, Indonesian wasabi, I want to say, because here in, um, the Netherlands, we have, like, a lot of influence from, 
Indonesian culture because Indonesia used to be a Dutch colony. So we eat a lot of Indonesian food. Anyways, they have this very, very, very hot and spicy sauce that's kind of like the Indonesian version of version of wasabi and that's called sambal and there there can be people in in holland that will just eat like spoonfuls of sambal and be like um why is everyone looking at me (laughs) um and i'm like how is your mouth not like caught on fire like we need to we need to grab a fire extinguisher right now but anyways um i think that i mean i'm not like the kind of person who can eat wasabi or um sambal or anything like hot peppers like take a crunchy bite out of hot pepper nah not happening but in my case i love cinnamon and i will add cinnamon to everything and like not even just like add it like i will dump it on everything because i i feel like i need a lot of it to like really taste it if that makes sense um and like i said to kind of go back to the texture example is that um i have a lot of like whenever i eat something that is smoothed out so my peanut butter or my yogurt or sauce or anything that I mentioned in the previous um eating disorder trait eating disorder behavior that's actually an autistic trait I always need to pair something that's smooth with something that's crunchy so if I am eating peanut butter like I need to eat it on like a really crispy toast or a rice cake or put it on oatmeal but since oatmeal is also smooth I'll need to add something on top of the oatmeal that makes it crunchy so granola um cacao nibs you know crunchy nuts or something um like there always needs to be an element of crunch to it for me to enjoy it um so when I say that, it's like, of course, like, why can't you enjoy just yogurt as it is? Um, For me, it's kind of like the same thing with eye contact that the, like, I get so, so focused on how uncomfortable I am or how much it doesn't make sense to me to not have the food choked in my preferred way that that's why I'm unable to enjoy it because I'm so, so focused on how, like, uncomfortable I feel. And I think it's the same thing for eye contact. Like, when I'm having a conversation with someone and it's um a neurotypical person and they don't know about me being autistic or we're meeting for the first time like I know socially that it's like socially correct to you know make eye contact with someone otherwise people think you're distancing yourself or people think you're not trustworthy and all these bullshitty things but anyways whenever I am having a conversation with someone and I am forcing myself to make eye contact I often like totally miss what's going on in the conversation because I'm so focused on the fact that I need to make eye contact. So again, if you resonate with this, if this makes any sense, please send me an Instagram message or send me an email because I love connecting with people. Um, So to kind of come back to the purpose of this episode and how this trait of needing to add um textures and flavors and spices and seasonings and just being very sensory seeking how this is considered an eating disorder behavior let me just take you along on a little journey to one day in treatment so there was this one day where i was i was eating an apple like i had cut up my apple and i really wanted to put cinnamon on it so naturally i asked can I please put cinnamon on my apple? And they said, no, you cannot put cinnamon on your apple. And I was like, why not? Like, I see you guys have cinnamon. Like, I really want to put cinnamon on my apple. And then the staff said to me, well, you can't put cinnamon on your apple, but you can put cinnamon sugar on your apple. And I was like, but I don't want cinnamon sugar. I want cinnamon. And then she said, yes, well, this is the exact reason why we don't allow cinnamon because it's an eating disorder behavior. And I was like, how, like, how the actual fuck is this an eating disorder behavior to want to put, 
literal cinnamon on your apple and she was like well the reason that we know it's an eating disorder behavior is because you don't want to put cinnamon sugar on your apple and that is because you're afraid of the sugar and the extra calories in the sugar and this is why we don't allow people to put cinnamon on their apples and i'm like i'm just like flabbergasted because i'm like what the actual fuck like i mean i can't even like explain how i felt in that moment because i was just so freaking angry um so anyways she was like she just kept saying like no um you have to be honest with us like you have to be honest that it's an eating disorder behavior and this is actually leading me to another thing that i describe in my memoir rainbow girl like in depth um that i was really really conditioned to mask during eating disorder treatment and i really knew and understood and was like hyper trained to know exactly what the therapists and treatment providers wanted to heal um and so i would like go into every session and like say like yeah i'm just being honest and then come up with some huge bullshitty lie but then they'd be like so proud of me because they were like oh you're being so honest with us and that kind of taught me like oh if i'm being honest or at least make it seem like i'm being honest like then i will get out of here faster um but yeah so that's kind of i'm not even going to go into the into depth about that here because i think that's a great topic for another episode perhaps i can call it something like three ways eating disorder treatment made my eating disorder way worse and then explain how the underlying autism and trying to basically rid me of my autism made everything worse but anyways um sensory seeking and wanting certain textures and wanting to add spices and seasonings to food it can be an eating disorder behavior if you're not autistic but it doesn't have to be and if you are having trouble distinguishing your eating disorder behaviors from your autistic traits i highly recommend you listen to my podcast episode eating disorder behavior or autistic trait how to tell the difference so yeah that's uh, another very popular episode because it's pretty short but i get straight to the point it's very succinct i give some good tips on exactly how to distinguish it so now moving back to this episode my third autistic trait that was considered an eating disorder behavior is microwaving food multiple times or making sure that the temperature of the food is quote-unquote just right so yes, I'm totally like Goldilocks in this sense, um, especially because now that I think about Goldilocks and the three bears in that little story, um, literally for her, it was about the, the porridge being just right. I don't even remember if it was the amount or the bowl or um, the temperature or something like that, um, but I, I'm literally like that. Like If I eat a food that's meant to be served hot, so coffee, oatmeal, stew, soup, anything that's meant to be like having steam on top i cannot have it be room temperature or cold or cool down like even though technically i could eat it like i wouldn't die like i would be so so focused on the fact that the temperature of the food didn't make sense to me that i would be unable to enjoy it and i mean when you think about making food hot as quickly and efficiently as possible that is the microwave i mean i could not live without my microwave that apparatus is one of my kitchen gems along with my vitamix blender and my air fryer of course um but i mean my microwave i i literally could not live without it but anyways this 
almost like not i don't even want to say compulsive but like really wanting to use the microwave a lot to make sure that you reach like a good food temperature this was again considered an eating disorder behavior in treatment i mean again i remember once how i went to microwave my food twice before a meal time and there was this whole blow up with the staff so i had asked one of the staff members if i could microwave my food and they were like sure um because the rule was like you can microwave your food once um but then i couldn't find that same staff member to ask if i could please microwave my food again so then i asked another staff member and she was like sure because she thought it was my first time but then later that initial first staff member came back and saw me microwaving my food a second time and she was like who said that Livia could microwave her food and the other staff was like wait it's already the second time she just asked me if she could microwave it um and I was like so confused because they were making this huge big deal about how I was quote-unquote staff splitting um and they explained that this weird weird ass terminology staff splitting is trying to use multiple staff members to allow an eating disorder behavior to creep in and the whole idea of splitting is like splitting between the staff members like (laughs) i'm like chuckling within myself um because i'm like how ridiculous does that term even sound but anyways what does this all have to do with microwaving my food well they said if you microwave food a second time because you need it to be really hot this is really a strong eating disorder behavior and I'm honestly having a really hard time right now like depicting or explaining why this is an eating disorder behavior because it so deeply wasn't and isn't for me (laughs) um that I'm sure they had some wacko reason for it and I can't even remember that reason because it just wasn't an eating disorder behavior. I mean, I'm fully recovered from my eating disorder and I'm still autistic and I still have my autistic traits including needing to microwave my food multiple times and including having certain textures and spices and seasonings be essential to my meals and needing to smooth out my um foods and all the other three traits i mentioned in my previous three eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic trait episode and some upcoming episodes that will explain even more of these traits um and like i said i'm fully recovered yet i still have these all these traits so if all these traits were truly eating disorder behaviors i mean i'd still be struggling with an eating disorder and we know that's not the case because this is just how i enjoy consuming things and consuming food and isn't that what life is about for you to enjoy the experiences you literally consume i mean as long as your habit or preference is not in inhibiting you or prohibiting you from living the life that you want to live i mean the life that's aligned with your values as long as these traits are not prohibiting you or acting as a barrier to living a life that makes you happy that makes you fulfilled there is nothing wrong with it so with all that said i hope this episode gave you some insight on maybe some behaviors or traits that you are currently dealing with or struggling with and hopefully that this episode gave you the permission to stop trying to fit the mold of what you believe for recovery to be and maybe and hopefully gave you some insight to give yourself permission to embrace these traits and maybe even see how you can use them to your advantage to fully recover from an eating disorder and if you need more help with that i actually do have a completely free audio training on my website called three steps to recovery from an eating disorder as an autistic person and you can find this training just by heading to the homepage of my website livelabelfree.com.
Shop.com. And if you scroll down a bit, there will be a um, banner that says, do you want this free audio training? And you just click that and you get that training. It's about a 45 minute audio training. It's like a private coaching session with me on demand. You'll get it delivered straight to your inbox. And I give some really tactical and practical and actionable tips for um, how to recover from an eating disorder as an autistic person. Um, and of course, if you want to go even deeper with me and um, really, really get that individualized guidance and support um, and really tackle your eating disorder head on while embracing your autism and even seeing finding yourself having more permission to embrace your autism and to unmask um you can always learn more about working with me um via my coaching page so again you can find everything on my website livelabelfree.com and with all that being said those were my three more eating disorder behaviors that were actually autistic traits if you resonated with any of these or if they inspired you or empowered you or did give you that permission to um be more of your true authentic self um please um hit that subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening leave a comment if you're watching on youtube send me an email send me a message on instagram i would absolutely love to hear from you and of course if you have other um quote-unquote eating disorder behaviors that you believe could potentially be autistic traits um or if you're wondering whether a certain behavior that you have is an eating disorder behavior or an autistic trait please again reach out to me and maybe who knows i'll create a video about it or a podcast episode about it in the future and with all that said thank you again so so much for listening i really appreciate you i love you and i'll talk to you in the next episode Bye-bye for now. Just one foot in front of the other And you'll see around the corner soon This podcast has been recorded by your host, Liv. This podcast has been edited by my wonderful friend, Dharma. And the beautiful song, One Foot in Front of the Other, that you were now listening to was written and recorded by my beautiful mom, Louise Alexandra. I am so grateful for my team and everyone who supports Live Label Free. Together, we are always stronger.